Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a full-blown movie review. Um, not since Thor, Love, and Thunder, and I guess if you count Werewolf by Night, but we're here mm. with our review for the newest release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I believe the 30th feature film, if I'm not mistaken, either 29th or 30th, I'm not sure, um, depending on if you count Werewolf by Night, but it is Black Panther Wakanda Forever just released in theaters this past weekend. Critics have been seeing it for a few weeks. Um, so we're a little late to the game in terms of reviewing it, but it's okay uh, because we saw it without any prior knowledge of what it was going to be. I mean, we obviously knew it was going to be uh, a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, which was the first and foremost most important thing. Um, but there was a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the movie uh, spoiler-free. We're going to talk a little bit just nonchalantly about what we thought maybe of the style, um, just our overall thoughts on the pacing or the editing or something like that. Um, and then we can go into specifics of plot uh, in our spoiler section. We will let you know clearly when we are talking spoilers. I'll have the little spoiler banner down there um, when it is time to do so. But Kelsey, how are you feeling a few days after our screening uh, talking about this movie? Were you satisfied? Because because we got to admit, Phase 4 has been very hit or miss. And mm -hmm. much more miss than hit, in my opinion. Um, I, I think sure. all, the sh all the shows we got were either good or okay. I don't think there's any show that's been like excellent except for maybe WandaVision. But even then, some people say it's uh, you know kind of undermined by Multiverse of Madness, which is totally fair. And then the movies, especially, especially this year, I didn't like uh, Multiverse of Madness or Thor Love and Thunder. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts just as someone. First off, have you been liking Phase 4? Now that Phase 4 is complete, once we get the holiday special in uh, in a week, it'll be complete. Mm -hmm. So what do you think um, of Phase 4 up to now? And then after seeing Wakanda Forever, how do you feel? Well, Dale, it's tricky because I feel like, yeah, there's been some duds, but I feel like, I don't know. I think it, I kind of blame the energy more of the fandom more mm, than anything okay. else when it comes to, you know, the things that we're expecting and the things that we think that we deserve and the things that we think that we like should be or need to be getting out of this mm -hmm. franchise. And, you know, our expectations and our desires are not fully meeting like you know, there's a disconnect between what's happening on screen and what the fans want to happen. And like, mm -hmm. I feel like that there's always going to be that because at the end of the day, it's Kevin Feige and the creatives behind Marvel that get to decide what happened to these heroes. At the end of the day, it's like, that's why they're the professionals. That's why they get, you know, the liberties to write these stories and right. bring these characters to life. So I honestly, I was thinking about this the other day and I was just like, I feel like phase four we're we're clouding we're letting the things that we found to not be so successful cloud our judgment about the things that were successes in my opinion in phase four mm -hmm. right. because phase four has produced some of my favorite things in the mcu i mean yeah. shang chi and the legend of the ten rings was freaking epic awesome i could watch that movie time and time again um eternals that's like you know very uh controversial <laughs> uh in the fandom but i thoroughly it. enjoyed it um i thought moon knight was freaking awesome with mm -hmm. oscar isaac his performance alone like there's there's been like some really really good good golden nuggets 
in phase four. And I feel like we can say that with every phase, though. I don't know why the fandom is specifically attacking mm-hmm. this phase and these newer projects. I don't, and I hate to be like this, but is it because with this phase in particular, we've seen a lot more women on the screen, we've seen a lot more people of color on the screen yeah, and behind the I, scenes? Like, this has been our most diverse phase yet for mm-hmm. by a landslide. You know, and it's just I I don't understand why this one is getting the most backlash when really you can look at all three phases that came before this one and say, eh, that one's not that great, but that one's good. Oh, this one was okay, but that one's really good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I think the issue and you totally bring up a good point with diversity and women and this film specifically will talk a lot Mm -hmm. about that because I think that's some of the strong suit of the film is is the diversity and the use of women in it. But I, I do think in terms of a phase when you think of because essentially these are i hate to say it i don't want to de- denigrate these movies but they're episodes in a longer series like it's a franchise and they're not you know you can't watch a movie now in the mcu standalone very rarely can you without having some sort of context which came before that's what made the first black panther specials you really didn't need that context and i think there are a lot of films now that rely on other movies and shows and stuff like that which is why when you think of it as a a series and you look at each phase essentially as a season of a show or a season of that series it's like what is the overarching theme and i think that might be why at least i have a little bit of a hesitancy when i look at phase four because phase one it's you know you're bringing the avengers together and you're getting the gang you know ragtag team of, of superheroes and then the season finale essentially is the avengers it's the team up and then they accomplish your mission they eat shawarma at the end phase two mm-hmm. is kind of like the fallout and the trauma of the battle of new york you see that with uh, iron man 3 and thor the dark mm-hmm. world stuff with loki and then especially with iron man and then leading to kind of the start of the clash between the two leaders iron man and cap and that's kind of i don't think ant-man is the best way to end phase two i wish they had ended with civil war honestly i don't think they sure. should have started phase three with civil war i think Civil War should have been the end of phase two because it's kind of what it was building to with, especially with Age of Ultron, the fact that Tony messes up and, you know, it causes tension and then that tension builds to Civil War, which is the start of phase three, but then phase three being, of course, the Infinity Stone saga, like trying to get all the stones and then defeat Thanos. Like, I think each phase, especially phase one and three, have their very clear overarching stories of like what the actual story of that phase is and it some somehow feels connected like you can watch a movie in that phase and kind of know that it relates to the overall story whereas i think phase four has struggled with that and i think it's only because endgame felt like such a conclusion and Mm -hmm. spider-man far from home was such an epilogue to endgame with the whole tony stark and the glasses thing that when you Mm -hmm. jump into phase four and now it's like okay we're going back and black Black Widow's getting a prequel and then Shang-Chi, which really has nothing to do with anything that's going on except for Iron Man 3, which is phase two. And then Multiverse of Madness, obviously dealing with the multiverse. There's a lot of multiverse stuff, but not every movie is related to the multiverse. So I think that's kind of an issue people are having is like, where does this all connect? Like, what is the overarching theme? And I actually saw, I I hate to give him credit, but Soups (laughs) posted a tweet, um, the the kid who... um, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, the guy, you know, the very energetic guy on TikTok um, okay. and Twitter. He posted this whole thing about how, like, the grief and pain is, like, the, the tra- um, and trauma is, like, the underlying theme. And I can kind of get on board with that, having seen now Wakanda Forever being, obviously, real-life trauma that they're dealing mm-hmm. with. But, like, you look at it, WandaVision, similar. 
uh, Multiverse of Madness kind of extensive uh, an extension of that Wanda story. I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder deals a lot with grief and grief and death, and um, Shang Chi, especially with his parents. And, and you know, I, I do kind of see that. And Spider-Man: No Way Home also with with Aunt May. So I, I get the whole um, trauma and grief thing. It's just like that's a theme that's prevalent in everything. But but I think that's also stuff that we saw in the first three phases too. So I don't think that's like Phase Four's theme is grief and trauma. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do think as we go on, they clearly have a plan for Kang Dynasty. Like Kang is going to be the new like Thanos of the MCU. And then like mm-hmm. Secret Wars is going to be like kind of the end of the multiverse. So like they obviously know where they're going in terms of like they're going full-fledged multiverse and Kang route. But I feel like Phase 4 is kind of like that in between of, okay, we just finished the Thanos thing. We're going into the Kang multiverse stuff. But like what's this middle ground? And I think that's where at times this phase lost me, but I do agree with you. There are glimmers of good things in these phases and Wakanda forever. While I don't think it's a perfect film, we'll get to it. I think it's a very interesting fitting end to this phase, considering it's been very messy. I think this kind of brought us back to like, just the, not, not the roots of Marvel, but like, you know, it feels very much like it could be a phase three film just because it, it feels in a different vein. It, it doesn't feel as experimental. The visuals, I don't think, are as underdeveloped as some of the other shows. Like, I think they actually sure. put time and effort into it. And that's been another thing with phase four is just the actual budget and the restraint of visual effects because of how much demand and just how much they're producing. Because with all these series, phase four is the longest by a mile. Phase three mm-hmm. has so many films, but phase four was the longest by a mile because of all the shows. So like with that, you also have to cut on some budget costs and all that stuff. But so I think phase four has been hit or miss, but like you said, like there have been glimmers of good stuff. So I'm excited and- though to talk about the season finale of phase four right now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And honestly, Dale, I, I do understand the criticism that's like, Phase four has kind of felt like, well, where are we going? Like, what's going to, what's happening next? Like, what is this all leading up to? I understand that criticism, but I just feel like some pockets of the fandom, honestly, mostly men are attacking every single individual project and saying that nothing, that no part of phase four has been good. Just Mm. like, like none no tv show no movie like they're attacking the individuals and not you know saying not just making a broad statement of like oh that was fine it was good it was entertaining but i don't understand where it connects to this and why you know what i mean and then the one that and then the one that everyone universally kind of champions the one exception being no way home which is a sony not marvel studios and b mm -hmm. it's uh, mostly about these three white guys you know and and that's not to say right. that it's not a good movie i think it's a good movie but i do think it is overrated and i think a lot of it has yeah. to do with nostalgia and stuff and the other phase four movies don't have the benefit of you know pulling characters you love from the past to come back right in. Um, right so yeah very very interesting to talk about but let's talk about this movie specifically wakanda yes. forever i don't know if you brought a synopsis of of how to sum this up because there's a lot going on i think that's uh, both a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> I did to the best of my ability. I don't right, even like. I couldn't really. It's it's really really broad. Okay, it. these are the it. really broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, after the death of King T'Challa, Wakanda is left without their Black Panther as the world pressures them to share their most valuable resource, vibranium. Yeah, um, I think that summed it up pretty well. Obviously, there's so many different side Thank plots you. which we'll get to. <laughs> And some yes. of them we can talk about here and some of them we can talk about in the spoilers. Obviously, the first thing we have to talk about is T'Challa. And we knew in this that he obviously wasn't going to be in it for obvious reasons. But 
I was not sure if they were going to go the full-fledged route of, is it an illness and he dies? Is it, um, are they just going to send him away somehow? Like kind of like what they did with Steve Rogers where they're like, oh, he's on the moon. So we don't have to deal with Steve. He's, he's happy. Sure. He's doing his own thing. Um, and because I knew Nakia was in this, I was like, no, they didn't have him go off and have a happy life with Nakia. Like it just wouldn't make right. sense for any other story route, but to kill off his character. But I did appreciate and this is the very first scene, so I'm not. It's not like a spoiler that we need. Like wait till the spoiler section to talk about. But it opens with his death and his funeral, and the death is off screen. Uh, the death mm-hmm. is. It's you see it from obviously Shuri's point of view because she's trying to basically get the technology to save him. And we don't know what the illness is, but and then uh, obviously her mother delivers the news that he has passed, and then we get into the funeral, and then we get our title sequence, which is purely silent. It's just mm-hmm. images of Chadwick Boseman, very haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this was a very respectful way to do this. Ryan Coogler had an impossible task with this. He really mm-hmm. did. Like, I don't think there's any way you could have made the movie you wanted to before Chadwick passed. There just was no way. You had yeah. to address it uh, because I'm sure there are bits and pieces you can obviously tell were there from the beginning before his passing. But then there's stuff you obviously needed to change, like um, especially with Shuri's involvement in the this, in this story, which we'll talk about um, because she's kind of a central part of the action in right. a lot of it. Um, but this whole beginning, I I thought it was a tasteful way of doing this where you're making it, you're not shying away from the fact that he was sick and he died, but also you're not just kind of leaving the fans wanting to know what happened, what happened? Like, it's kind of the Glee thing with, with Finn, the, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch Glee, yeah, yeah. Monty. There was no, like, I know exactly. A lot of people about. were like, well, why aren't you going to tell us what happened? And it's like, it's not about that. That's not necessary. It's not, well, that's not what it's about. But at the same time. Because it was a some, real human being. And some people were also like, well, we, we, we should see him die. And it's like, we don't need that no. either. So I like no. that we kind of, we still got a taste of the fact that he was sick. So at least we kind of have like a little bit of closure for the character. Um, but also to just kind of give, and, and I think this plays into the overall story for Shuri, give her something character wise too, the fact that she couldn't save him because the whole thing has been that we have technology for everything. It, Everett mm-hmm. Ross it gets his spine, whatever fucked yeah. up in the last one. Let's put this little bead on him. Oh, his spine's back to normal vertebrae, vertebrae. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's kind of like her thing. It's like technology can fix anything. Da, 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 da. And this is a very crushing moment where she finds out she can. And I think that was a really interesting way to kind of set her story in motion. Cause we don't want it to all just be the characters mourning him because then you know, we could just make that a Disney Plus documentary. You know, this is about mm-hmm. the, the progression of these Wakandan characters too. We need to actually progress the story. And I think that was interesting to kind of give her a little bit of that, like kind of, I couldn't save him. And now I'm going down this deep path, dark path, which we see later in the film. Yeah. So I like that as an opening. But what did you think of this this opening uh, and this tribute? Because we've seen it in the trailers. It's the parade with everyone wearing white, you know. Yes. So people have seen it in the trailers. They kind of knew that we were getting a funeral, obviously. Um, what did you think of this? You know, Dill, well, first of all, overall, I had nothing but good things to say about this movie. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Okay. I mean, cool. I I have a few things to touch on. Right, right, right. But, you know, this movie yeah. was, was very tricky. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get there when we get there. But but that's one of the first things that I noticed still was how brilliant the visuals were. The costumes, the cinematography, the set design. Immediately, right away, like, you're captivated because everything is just stunning. And I loved mm-hmm. the choice that everyone was wearing white 
rather than uh, more traditionally you were black when somebody dies. I loved how everyone was wearing white because it was more of like a lighthearted celebration of someone's life rather than, you know, mm. a mourning period. Uh, but obviously it's, it's very, cause I feel like Ryan Coogler knew that going into making this movie, that it was going to be heavy enough for audiences to deal with this because it was a real life passing that happened and it's just so real. And I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, being an actor in this film and, you know, carrying out this funeral sequence. Mm -hmm. And like, this was actually a person that you knew, you know, like it, it feels very much like, you know, uh, a morning period, uh, like a a send off for T'Challa, but also like for, Chadwick Boseman obviously mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it just oh it it's a deep cut through and through the whole time yeah. I was like already crying I was crying I was welling up yeah. all, all throughout the film right off and, the bat at the I, end I envy you I envy you for that because this is something <laughs> that should never play into anyone's thoughts on a movie but the movie going experience does affect sometimes the way we view things and the people oh, sitting behind yes. us they were there were four, yep. four four guys they were probably teenagers laughing cracking up spilling their popcorn making jokes during this opening sequence they got better as the film went along because i think the film kind of hooked them in but i think you know like okoye started crying and they were like like i was like wow you guys are disrespectful and i do think that like this movie opening on such a somber note Mm -hmm. bittersweet note like you said like it's a celebration of his life but it is still a sad note you know Mm -hmm. like to for that to be the part they're going to talk through and like come on man like no yeah that, that really annoyed me and and i think i just could not get into the film yet until maybe 20, yeah. 30 minutes in because the whole time i was like shut up shut up shut up shut up and i didn't want to say because i hate being that guy to be like Shh, cause obviously also you know I don't want to ruin others' experiences around me. And, and you know, I don't want to be that that Karen in the audience. Just, right. you know, other people because, you know, this, you know, this movie is for everyone. It should be for everyone. And and if that's their way of responding to it, that is. But it just ruined my movie going experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucked because I really wanted to get into it. So, like, that first scene didn't hit as emotionally for me just because I didn't have the attention to give it. Um, but, yeah, I think... But the good thing about this movie, though, is throughout the film, we get so many scenes about his uh, legacy and the conversations between the characters. And I honestly think those are the strongest parts of the films or the ones where the characters are just kind of sitting and talking and reflecting, you know, that moment with Angela Bassett where she kind of like her line from the movie, the I have no one, my whole family's gone. And like that whole Mm -hmm. moment hits even harder in context. Like, and I think that's one thing I want to talk about, too, is the acting. The acting here is some of the best. I think it's even Mm -hmm. better than the original. I think. Michael B. Jordan's performance in the original is still my favorite performance in the MCU, but like the overall collective ensemble here is the strongest acting I've seen in any MCU project, which is so awesome to see because like even the new characters, even the new characters, which we'll talk about, like really brought a lot of acting wise, but the ones mm-hmm. we know, like Denai Guerrera bringing everything she can to this Sequoia character. And she goes through her own arc. She Her story mm-hmm. is mostly in the first act. Uh, you know, she kind of is a little bit more of a supporting side character in the second and third act, but she still has such a great arc and her emotions are, you know, she's lost him twice. She saw him fade to dust. She's the only one to see him die um, mm-hmm. for real. Like, you know, and, and obviously we, we have an idea that Ramonda also saw him die like the second time, but mm-hmm. um, she saw the fade to dust. So she's had to live through this twice. And then Ramonda being the, the mother and, and then, 
uh, we we speculated like, well, why does she say no families there? Because Shuri Shuri's around, and we'll, we'll we're not going to spoil what she means. But um, in that moment, she is alone, and she feels alone without T'Challa or Shuri in that moment, and she has to kind of like react to that and to see how she you know has to carry the burden of being queen because she never wanted to. It was her son, and and she figured that his. Uh, you know, future generations would be the kings as well. She would never have to deal with that mantle. Um, and it's sad. And then Shuri, obviously, mm-hmm. being the one who could, wanted, thought she could save them and couldn't. Um, those three characters, especially, have such amazing arcs. And the performances from Angela Bassett, from Denai Guerrero, and from Letitia Wright are just phenomenal. And I loved every bit of them. And Winston Duke as well. Because uh, yeah. he doesn't have as much to do in the, in the beginning of the film. He has a little bit more at the end. But he has, like some really nice moments too with those characters yeah. and your interactions with one another and talking just about death and grieving and, and different perspectives. I think that's the strongest point of this film. And honestly, that should have been, it should have been mm-hmm. the priority, not the action, not the introduction of new characters for, for future series, not teasing future villains, not um, yeah. the, the visuals, which are good. Like you said, uh, I have some qualms with some of them, but like not the CGI and stuff. It, it should have always been Chadwick was the priority and it was. And that's what I think is the best thing about this film is the tribute is that sense of remembrance. Um, It's quite beautiful. Yeah, absolutely do. Um, It just felt like I'm obviously like something different. Like there was just something different about the cast in this. Like there was, there was like, they were all just solely taking care of one another on mm. screen together you know what i mean like there was yeah. just this camaraderie there was this understanding it really felt like we were watching a family really deal with um a passing and and a mourning period and it was just really beautiful to watch and there was you know i loved winston duke in this i thought mbaku had some great moments there's some great moments with him and shuri with like him giving her advice and and you know just being there for her and saying like oh well, well i promised your brother and, you know, we can kind of see that, you know, through the last movie, through what T'Challa had done for the Jabari in the last film, you know, there's a better relationship now between the other tribes mm-hmm. and the Jabari. So it's it's great to see them, you know, kind of working hand in hand. You said this right in the beginning, but this was one of my favorite parts still was obviously the score was beautiful. Mm. Um, but it was really the use of silence in this film that was really, really powerful. And I mm-hmm. think really, really effective. Like, like you said, when the audience got, wasn't talking, <laughs> when the audience wasn't talking, Oh my God. And it's, like you said, we got our whole Marvel intro. It was a, it was all uh, clips of uh, Chadwick um, throughout the movies. Um, and that was completely in silence. And then there's a whole, uh, our whole ending scene at the end is in silence. And we're just like really sitting with, you know, the weight of, what had happened in this film and what, Mm -hmm. you know, this means for a certain character in this film. Um, And it, it was just really, really a really beautiful, beautiful film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, let's get into some of like the actual superhero specifics and not, not details of the plot, obviously because spoilers, but this whole other Namor storyline, this is kind of where we bring in the Mm -hmm. new characters. Um, we're introduced to Riri Williams, our Iron yes, Heart, we are. which you, you had forgotten was in the trailer. And then we yeah, I just that. completely missed that. It's, I was not paying attention. That, that's the luxury of not um, you know, overanalyzing shit and, and spending too much time on Twitter. But it was exciting to see her. But she is the kind of the catalyst for this whole, vi- like Kelsey said, this vibranium war, essentially, mm-hmm. um, in the fact that she has this device, right, that that she made that she yeah, can, like, it's seek out able vibranium. To- 
detect vibranium and, and they find out that vibranium is is actually found elsewhere aside from Wakanda and it's in this yes. underwater kingdom led by Namor um, and we knew we were getting Namor and I think this is the stuff that was always going to be in it I think this was the stuff that regardless of Chadwick's passing was going to be the central part of this movie was Namor trying to you know conserve his precious resources of vibranium and there's obviously the third party being the Americans which I think is the weakest part of the film which we'll talk about but like the idea that america there's some instant there's some instance that happens on a, a ship uh, an ocean a liner and there's uh these uh underwater people i forget the names of their their species or whatever but they are able to basically put someone in a trance or hypnosis and uh, you know there's this mm. really haunting scene where all these people are like walking off the side of the ship and just basically committing suicide off the side of the ship into the water and it's really harrowing and, and that's kind of like the underwater powers or whatever and mm -hmm. um and so the americans think that the wakandans were the ones who were responsible for that tra tragedy but in reality it was the underwater people and then you see how the wakandans in order to try to like clear their name need to use the uh, underwater people you know try to like you know, kind of make some deal with them um, but also then the idea of the resource with vibranium comes into play. So it's a lot of the politics, kind of like what we saw in the first film of like what, how you're sharing your resources, who you're sharing your resources with, what are your relations to other countries and other nations and other tribes. And that's all very interesting. I think that's always been like kind of the thing that Black Panther has been is like the real life talks of resources and, and exchanges between different cultures and tribes and, and what mm -hmm. having that privilege of being you know the ones who have the vibranium what that responsibility comes with that like i think those are very interesting topics that this film brings to light even more i do think you know this was a very smart way to bring dominique thorne into this as riri williams because then mm -hmm. all you have to do is say oh wait there's this device that's detecting vibranium and instead of just saying oh we found a device why not just make this the introduction of Ironheart? i i didn't mind that i know a lot of people have been mm -hmm. complaining about like oh every movie's just trying to set up a future series and stuff but i don't think this was setting up a future series for her i think this was giving her a really nice arc in this story and then saying well, we might see her again and, and i don't think yeah. this was necessarily to advertise Ironheart as much as it was to just have her be an effective point of this story obviously you lose a little just because she didn't know t'challa in this universe so like she doesn't really pay play a big part into the morning aspect but she's there for a lot of the actual action the actual superhero part of the movie um so i actually really yeah. liked her character and then uh tina cuerta as namor incredible i mean i think the villains in black panther movies are really solid because yeah. they're not villains they're they're yes. anti-heroes you know as taylor swift yeah. saying, you know that she's <laughs> uh it's it's the idea of like he has his own goals and ambitions not because he's trying to be malice he's not there's no malice behind it but because that's his people he's trying to protect his people just like they yeah. are trying to protect the wakandans and and it's very valid and you kind of see both sides especially as the film progresses and you see some of the characters that we love kind of consumed by grief and consumed essentially by evil in the fact that they're like, you know, they're going through shit. You sometimes side with Namor at times, which I think is a very yeah. interesting dynamic that I really like to see play out. Um, what did you think of the name Namor stuff and the Ironheart stuff and just these new characters in general? Well, Dill, since I had forgotten that, um, Iron Harvest gonna be in this. I I don't even remember what happened. I think my brain turned off when we started talking about that or something. But um, so all of a sudden they're talking about a student from MIT who invented this thing, and I'm thinking, 
well, who are some students that we know at MIT now? And yeah. my, my, I was Ned like, and, wait, wait, um, is MJ. Ned and MJ in this? Like, what's and, going uh, on? What's his name? Flash. <laughs> oh, yeah, Flash. Yeah, I, I forget he's at, uh, he's at MIT too. And so we met her and I was like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. And I don't even think that I realized that it was like the character of Ironheart until yeah. like she, until, um, I don't know if this is a spoiler. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. The, the suit? Not the suit, but the her the oh she, with the, the clinks the armor the literal and this little heart, heart of fall, iron so yeah yeah that okay well she yeah she like invented her own little iron iron woman suit if you will um and then I, and then that's when it clicked for me but uh yeah and then what else did you ask me the Namor, villain Namor. yeah 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 he was he was really cool his his. Wings, wings on his ankles <laughs> freaked me out. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I didn't like design. looking at yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, how do you, I guess it's the same thing where Iron Man has like his, you know, he flies from his feet too and his hands because I was just trying to like think about the the semantics of like how he like guides himself and how he like really, because I'm, I'm thinking if you're, you only have wings on your feet, you're going to hang upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're superheroes, girls. That's the answer. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 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 that's okay. Um, right, that's it. This doesn't yeah. exist in real life. Right, right, right. Thank you for reminding me. No, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I um, liked him because he he never really got like loud or crazy or like over the top about anything. Like everything that he, it was all very like calm, cool, collected. It was just like, no, this is like what I have to do now. And either you can help me out with this or now you're an enemy of my people. Like right. your choice. Like it's very, yeah. it was very menacing in a, in a very low key way. And it's like you Kinda said, like, Dill, like it's because they're exactly, well, he kind of got, he was very scary with his scars and like, he was like, right, right, but it, but it was so many kills. It was, like, like, it was more like, you want to mess with me? I'll mess with you. You know, like very chill, yeah. um, which, yeah. is, which is kind of scary. Um, and the other new character, Michaela Cole's character, she was one of the Dora Milaje. Um, uh, I forget her name. Uh, was it? Uh, She's. Aneka, Aneka. Um, Aneka. Aneka. Yes. Um, so she's obviously from the show I May Destroy You on HBO. She was like this huge star, and they got her for this movie, which is a huge get. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more with her character just because it's kind of like just another Dora Milaje. It's just the fact that she's a named celebrity. It's like we're kind of given a little bit more weight with her. I would have liked to see a little more with her. I think the Dora Milaje in itself, Okoye too, is a little sidelined after that first act. She has a lot of stuff to do in the first act, and then after that, it's like, we barely mm -hmm. see her and it's a little sad and, I, and we'll talk in spoilers about what they do with her character that I do not like at all. Um, oh, but, interesting. Yeah. Which a lot of people seem to agree with me on, but uh, another thing we have to talk about is Martin Freeman <laughs> because this poor guy, we love him. We love him. He's great. I love, we love him. his character, but he did not need to be in this movie. And I think that's where a lot of the complaints have come is the fact that this movie is long and it feels a little long and they already have to no, tackle so much with the long. name the Namor stuff and the, cause it's a three hour movie. There, there's the Namor stuff. And then there's also the, the tribute stuff with, um, you know, uh, what you would call it? Um, the Chadwick and you have those two and they don't always come together all the time perfectly. Like I think it's a lot of them exist on their own. And sometimes they cross over mostly with Shuri. Shuri's kind of the tie between the two, but it feels like there's two different things going on. Cause there were like the Namor thing is what the original 
story was intended to be. And then we had to add all the stuff with T'Challa because of what happened, obviously. And again, like I said, I don't envy Ryan Coogler. He had a tough job. But then we have this other side plot, which is like what I talked about, the Americans, where America wants to blame Wakanda for what happens mm-hmm. on the ship. Um, but Everett Ross is kind of like the face of the the defense. He's like the spokesperson. Against, He's yeah, like the for Lorax Wakanda. for the Wakandans. And I'll be completely honest, I don't think you needed him in this movie. And there's another character that I think was not promoted in marketing that we'll get to in a bit in spoilers. Mm -hmm. But like that whole side plot, if they had done something with their characters and maybe gotten them to some sort of like really nice character resolution between the two of them, I would have been like, oh, cool, cool. But they didn't really do anything with them either. It was just kind of like, oh, there's this tidbit of information we're given about Martin Freeman and this other character, but they don't Mm -hmm. go anywhere with it. And it's like, if he's not in this movie, does anything change? probably not i really don't think it does like they could easily get obviously yes he does things for them in this movie but you could obviously have another character do it and i think mm-hmm. every time it cut back to him i was like it's great to see you back but like we don't need you here we really don't and and i think it's one of those things where it's like a black panther movie you need a minute but it's like we also you know we lost chadwick so it's like the, all bets are off at this point like we don't need this or that this and that there's another mm-hmm. character that we see as well that was spoiler spoiled that he was in the movie a while ago but i don't think many people saw him coming still but um another character which we'll talk about in spoilers but like i think that was used effectively whereas martin freeman i just don't think they i, I think they really just didn't know what to do with him and i think maybe if chadwick hadn't passed he would have been a bigger part of it because it would have just been the namor and america stuff and the politics and all that but i think because you now have this other whole thing to tackle martin freeman just really feels like an afterthought and and i you probably disagree because you said you you love this movie and you loved him um but did you not feel that at all? The, the, just that he kind of detracted? Or is it your love well, for Martin Freeman just kind of blinding you? <laughs> Dill, my my uh, my opinion's pretty biased because I do love Martin Freeman a lot. I like him And a lot. I do too. I do. So I would probably like the Lord of the Ring movies then. Uh, the Hobbits, yeah. You would love it. He's the great. Hobbits? Okay. Yeah, he's in the Sorry. first. Yeah. I don't know okay. this from that. But anyway. Um, but I think that it was a really powerful storyline for you know, the Americans to just jump to the conclusion of like wanting to place the blame on the Wakandans. And like, obviously they're the ones up to this. Like they're not wanting to share the vibranium with us. Like they're, you know, no, 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 whatever. And I thought that it was, you know, a, it was good representation of a character of a, you know, a person who's not a person of color to mm. kind of, you know, speak on, on their behalf and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa let's not get crazy now. Right. Um, so I thought that that was a, a powerful storyline that I think, you know, I get what you're saying. It didn't need to be in the film. There's already a lot going on, but, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I just, I like seeing okay. him. So I um, like him. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into spoilers, and spoilers is going to kind of iron out a little bit, <laughs> iron out a little bit of just like my, my deeper thoughts in this film, because I don't think it's perfect. I think there's, like I said, like, there are two main stories going on and they don't always come together always. And it does feel long. I, I, I did feel the length. And again, maybe it's the audience members behind me. I don't know. Um, but the visuals and you talked about it. I think whenever it's practical, it's beautiful. Like the costumes, the use of Wakandan culture, the, um, the designs of these characters, the score, everything's good. The CGI itself is also pretty good. Like it's, it's not distracting. It doesn't look fake. The only qualm I have is the 
the photography, the cinematography in the nighttime sequence and the underwater sequences. Because the nighttime sequence, it's there's this whole fight that takes place kind of like on a bridge over water, and, and there's oh, characters okay. fighting, and and there's some light, but it, it was just too much. And and you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but there's this episode of Game of Thrones called like the Night Watch or something like that, and it's or the Night, and it's like all takes place at night, and you can barely see a thing. Only when the dark dragons breathe fire can you see things, and and I hate that because it's like this is an action movie. I want to be able to see the action, and I felt like the South Korea fight in the last movie was so much better lit because you had all those like very vibrant street signs and the car was kind of had this purple tinge to it and like there was a lot of color here it was like because you didn't have the black panther suit to kind of emanate this color there was just a lot of darkness and it was hard to make out where the characters were what the action was and the people who are from the sea are also blue so their skin was also kind of blending in with the background of the night like sure. it was very hard to decipher what was going on so that was distracting and then when the they went underwater I get it. They wanted to try to make it look more realistic, but realistically, when you go down deep in the water, it's murky, it's grimy, it's hard to see, it's cloudy, there's there's sand and whatever. It's murky, muddy. I think in a comic book movie, and I think Aquaman is a great example of it, you can kind of make it look a little less realistic in order to see what's going on. And, and I okay, was like, sure. The whole, the whole time I was squinting, I was like, this is kind of, uh, it's an eyesore. I was like, oh my God, like this is, and, and considering how nice the visuals were in the first film and, and the CGI rhinos, I didn't love, but like the overall, the actual visuals are very good in the first film. So this film, I was like, oh, he's going to bring a lot of great sense of style. And then when they went underwater, I was like, oh, this is an ugly mess. And I'm not saying that it took away from the movie completely, but they spend so much time in that second act underwater. They spend like a good probably 20, 30 minutes there. I'm like, Ooh, this is like, it's a, it's, it's, it's not nice to the eye. At least it was not very visually <laughs> aesthetically appealing. And I would have just rather than made it look a little bit more cartoonish and a little bit more vibrant for the sake of our, you know, the cinema and, and the screen and just translating something cinematically than trying to keep it realistic and be like, no, but this is how it would actually look underwater. And I think there's a reason why, um, there are very few movies set underwater because it's murky, it's cloudy, it's it's not it's not easy to see. And there's this one sure. section where like this there's this like underwater sun and it shines its light. And I'm like, finally, and then it goes away. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. So like, you know, I just would have liked a little bit <laughs> better um cinematography and lighting in those sequences. But again, that's like a nitpick, you know. Like mm -hmm. I think considering what phase four has been visually with CGI, I think this was definitely a step up in terms of just the visual scope of things. I think that also comes down to Ryan Cooler knowing what he's doing. And knowing when to use visuals and when not to, like when to just make it these characters and their costumes and in this lovely culture. Like there's this whole beach or kind of beach sequence in this little village, this fight, and there's like a lot of flooding and stuff. And there are visual effects with the water, but it's mostly just these people on shore fighting. And I think that's the best fight sequence. That and the end fight sequence is all brought in broad daylight. And I like how they're kind of not just resorting to the gray aesthetic that I mentioned in like Shang-Chi and Black Widow, this kind of dark murky aesthetic. I like how they mostly kept things in daylight where we could see the action, where we can see yeah. the beautiful costumes. The only things I didn't like were when they went underwater because it just kind of got a little too murky and cloudy for me. But um, again, that's me being nitpicky. You know, I, I kind of blame myself for, for, um, you know, some of that criticism because I know a lot of other people didn't really mind it. Um, but yeah, I just, man, those underwater sequences were just so ugly. But again, it's one thing in a bigger movie. And, and I think sure. because movie is almost three hours long, it's like, okay, we 20 minutes isn't going to kill you. So. I get what you're saying, Dill. Yep. I I get what you're saying. Um, yep. I didn't really 
take anything away from me, at least not in the moment. Mm -hmm. Maybe when I do a rewatch, I'll, you know, check out yeah. those scenes a little bit harder and be like, eh, this is, this could be better. Um, but, but any, when I get else you into the, hit on, I was going to say before we get into spoilers, spoiler, because my else? nitpicks have to do with spoilers. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um, I think just a blanket statement. I liked it. I think you liked it a little bit more than I did, but I do think it is a fitting tribute first and foremost to Chadwick. And that is why I think people should see it. And I, that's why I think it is a success. I think it is the best of the three movies we've gotten this year because it does pay tribute to him and in, in a very honorable way. And while I do think there are a lot of plots that didn't need to be there and there's a lot of stuff that's odd sometimes, I think they always bring it back around to him and his legacy, which I think is important. Um, and I do like what they did with all the women characters in, in progressing their stories and, you know, giving them a little bit more range and, you know, like not making it so one note at times. Because, um, like, in the last one, it's like, you know, Shuri's just this kind of fun kid who likes inventing things. And now, like, she's got a lot of deep shit to deal with. And yeah, a lot more with Ramon, a lot more with Okoye. So, like, I do think this film is good. I still don't think it's excellent. I don't think it's a top tier Marvel movie. I don't think it comes close to the first one. I think the first one's just a more solid little package than this i think this is a little bit sure. overblown but again this is such an impossible task so the fact that kugler pulled it off at all is impressive for me yeah and what are your final like thoughts before we go into spoilers um this movie one of my notes that i wrote down uh when i was putting together my thoughts for this um podcast was just the note yay women like there yeah. this movie is filled with so much badass women so many badass women <laughs> just it's like they all like you know we lost an incredible talent and force of nature and you know we we were kind of just filled with this overwhelming presence mm. of just these amazing amazing characters of queen uh ramonda uh shuri okoye nakia um riri williams like it was just it that it just made my heart happy because mm -hmm. i was like oh my god yeah. look at these women cool. i love it so it's love a re it. recommendation for both of us when we get to like the end of the year for december i'm planning some like year ends like looking at all the movies and all the shows and all the villains and stuff sure. and kind of like updating those those rankings that we've done so we'll talk about where this fits into the overall phase later but we're going to transition to spoilers now so we're 40 about 42 minutes in so spoilers are on um lots to talk about um mm. obviously spoiler stuff uh where do you want to start with spoiler stuff i, I feel like um, maybe we could just talk about the overall uh, black panther story with, with yeah Shuri that feels first. like a good yeah. good a place to start as any because I, I think the trailers kind of gave it away. <laughs> I mean, it's Shuri. We it was the it poster be. for me, Dill, where it's mm. like her in the middle and then whoever is in the suit in front of them. And so I was like, yeah. okay, well, it's Shuri. You just told yeah. me with this poster. Yeah, um, and I don't mind that. I think that makes the most sense, especially with the right. story, what we're getting. And I really think her storyline was the highlight for me. I think it, it had like the best range in terms of, you know, I like the idea that she didn't really allow herself to get over the death. And she like, it ended up consuming her to where when she like goes to this, uh, the ancestral plane, she sees Killmonger. That's another spoiler. Even though yeah. I, I, I thought people knew he was in this movie. A lot of people were surprised, but like, I thought he was in it. And I called it, I called it. I even whispered to you. I was like, I think this is where we're going to see Michael B. Jordan. Cause I was like, where are yeah. they going to fit him in? I was like, they, yeah. they need to fit him in and, and he's dead. So I'm like, oh, he's probably going to show up in some vision or some dream or something. And then when she went to the ancestral plane and they didn't turn the throne around, I was like, ah, okay, there it is. Um, yeah. So I think honestly, nice. don't, yeah. 
Sorry, we ahead. had talked about in pot in past episodes like what we were kind of you know predicting like where where he was going to be and i think you had said like maybe maybe he'll show up in the ancestral plane i was just like yeah maybe like i don't know the dead people show up yeah right and, right and it was a good way to not make it so like because realistically if t'challa died he would be in the ancestral he plane would be there but because right. you can't use the actor and if they had done right. cgi i would have immediately given this half a star i would have been like that's disrespectful but yeah like, they didn't, yeah but like the thing is like I, I think that was an interesting twist because then it's like you don't need to make it you have a valid excuse because then you can make it that this darkness is succumbing her and, and that she's like letting this grief kind of make her not evil but kind of give her this darker nastiness inside of her which I think is so effective in that final yeah. battle like that's where I was talking about with the Namor Shuri stuff like you really kind of side with Namor at times because like Shuri is kind of essentially being the anti-hero too she's not standing mm -hmm. for anything her brother did and in that final moment when she finally decides to let him live like that is so powerful and that's why i think her arc is so good because it starts in an interesting place it goes to an even darker place and then it ends in an interesting place and then the coda at the end which we'll talk about too but like i really liked her arc especially mm -hmm. like of all the arcs like i like i said okoye the fact that she was you know kind of thrown aside and said you're not a dora milaje anymore like i thought that was interesting but then they didn't do anything interesting with her for the rest of the movie. We'll talk about her suit in a bit, which I hate. Um, but like, but <laughs> yeah. But I think Shuri consistently from beginning to end had a great arc, and Ramona too. But obviously, for obvious reasons, she didn't have an arc at the end. But um, what did you think of yeah Shuri's arc? And then we can also talk about Okoye's and uh, Ramona's. So I agree with you, Dill. Shuri being the Black Panther is what makes the most sense. I think that's where most people were um, expecting the story to go. Um, being that I think it has to be someone in the royal family. I don't think it like can branch out to anyone else. I but well, also I was now with the heart shaped herb, which we we also speculated on. We're like, what what happens now? And, and yeah, yeah, that was also voice. another one of our questions. The fact of the I matter is, answer. they don't have the heart shaped herb, so they can't keep them alive. And and essentially, she has to kind of use the. Uh, see people's uh, technology to kind of create a new heart yes. shaped herb, which is kind of cool. But um. Yeah, I, I don't know if it has to be in the family, but I I just assumed when the heart shaper died, they were like, oh, no more Black Panthers. Like, we're going to let it die with T'Challa, um, which was also sure. kind of interesting, too, because it kind of, like, gave a little bit more to Shuri again, like, to be like, no, I don't want another Black Panther. I want my brother. Um, yeah. It's heartbreaking to see. And, and that's where I think it really ties back around to Chadwick, and, and that stuff really works. Right. So, so she ends up, you know, making a synthetic um, heart-shaped herb that's able to give her the the power and the and the strength of black panther um and i don't know i was kind of part of me was kind of hoping that it was gonna be a koye because i for me that felt like the you know most appropriate for the job like she's hmm. this badass warrior general like she has like such a a unique fighting style to her like she's she's just a queen she's a badass so mm -hmm. i was just like i think it should be okoye but whatever well, what did you um, think of okoye's story like did you like it because I, I thought it was very the first act is very interesting the fact that she couldn't save T'Challa, obviously, no one could, but then that she couldn't mm -hmm. save Shuri either, and that's where you get the Ramonda, my whole family's gone, because at that point, they think yeah. Shuri is probably toast, because she's dragged underwater, but right. like, Okoye, like, I think it was so interesting that she lost that mantle, and like, then when Ramonda said it, she was like, you're right, and she kind of walked away, and, and that's powerful, and yeah. honestly, I like the idea of her being like this civilian and helping and showing that she didn't need to be a Dora Milaje to be this fighter, to be this help, but then at the end, they're like, no, but you still need to be a superhero. So we're going to give you another Iron Man suit because we're giving everyone Iron Man suits. And I'm like, 
Mm. Spider-Man has an Iron Man suit. We saw in Infinity War that Hulk had an Iron Man suit. Like, everyone's getting an Iron Man suit. And I'm like, it doesn't need to, though. Like, the whole thing about Okoye is that she was skilled on her own. She didn't right. need a, She didn't need she didn't any, need like, tech. And, and I also literally fought with a spear. Itself, I think the suit itself looks very tacky. <laughs> like, I don't think it looks cool. Yeah, so I'm like, it's ugly. It's, just, it's an ugly suit. So I was like, you gave her an ugly suit and you kind of showed her that, oh, no, you need to be flying around shooting blazers out of your hands to be of any benefit to us. And it's like, no, like the whole thing is that she's now able to be a civilian and her and Nakia are these civilians helping others. And I was just so frustrated with what they did with the Koye's character, because like you said, she is the most badass. And it's like, she yeah. didn't need a suit. She And and I like the idea of stripping the Dora Milaje name from her. That's that's fine. It's just yeah. what they did after that. I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, I was frustrated. No, yeah, that's super power. It was a super powerful moment because like you don't like expect that of queen ramonda like you mm. like you would never assume that like if you told me in you know black in 2018 when we bl watched black panther one for the first time it was like oh but she's gonna lose her title in the next one just wait i'd be like no she doesn't she's loyal to the crown she serves mm -hmm. her life to the royal family like absolutely not like so it was a really it was an intense moment for this character and, and for the for the audience and i think that it allowed Okoye to you know go through this mm -hmm. little arc of her own throughout the story yeah. which is good because you know how I you know love when they make women multi-dimensional yeah. and not just you know you know yeah get, and that's why make I them think, the girlfriend in well, the story giving, giving her the suit then kind of took away that it made her more one-dimensional I think which sucked um, no I hear what you're saying yeah. But, My biggest complaint about the suit is that it's just simply ugly and they address it in the movie that it's ugly. And I'm like, then fix it. Then fucking fix it. I thought that someone was going to like give it a different design and then it was going to be like, oh, and Okoye is going to come out wearing it. She's going to be like, yeah, this is much better. Like this is more me. But that never happened. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, don't say that it's ugly and then not fix it. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just sucks because that's going to be like the future of Okoye is that suit. And, and I, you know, never I don't know. The Iron Man suits kind of morphed throughout the movies. Yeah, yeah, Maybe true. they'll update true. this one a little bit more. And and then along that line though, Io also like the fact that then she took the mantle, but we got very, mm -hmm. very little of her. It's like, she's the next build after Winston Duke. Like if you look at the cast and in, in the credit order of how they're built, it's Letitia mm -hmm. Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrero, which makes sense. They're the three lead women of this. Then Winston Duke. And then Florence Kasumba who plays Io. And I'm like, she was barely in it for me. Like mm. they didn't do anything with her character. Angela Bassett's yeah. last because she has the and Angela Bassett at the end. But um, so I would say Angela Bassett's the next biggest lead after those three women. But after Winston yeah. Duke, it's, it's Lawrence Kasumba. And I don't think they utilized her well at all. Uh, Io, especially with Okoye, they could have given a scene between the two of them where she, where Io's like talking to her too. Like, I, I don't know. I would like to see a little bit more with Io, especially because they sure. try to make her a big part of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So um, yeah. not sure. Um, my biggest complaint, yeah. uh, Dill, honestly, with all of this was how Shuri became the Black Panther. Because, okay. you know, she said in the beginning of the film, she was like, her, because her mother was asking her, like, oh, how have you come with, like, making the herb? And she's like, no, I'm not, I don't want another herb. Like, I want my brother, like you said. I'm so sorry if that was just, like, a very loud bump. I accidentally hit my microphone. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden, she, you know, unlocks the code to making the synthetic herb and she's just and then it's her Nakia and she's like okay well just give it to me and I was like I don't know I felt like there should have been more of like a build-up even mm. more of like a if it was her Nakia and Okoye like even if there was just this moment of like who's well, gonna, who's, who's gonna, who's gonna it, take yeah. it 
well, and you know, like Shuri even has like a moment where she's like, well, it can't be me because like I, I, you know, I, I'm not my brother. Like I can't take up this mantle. Like I, you know, whatever, like she has this moment of doubt. And then, you know, they have a moment where they convince her like, no, you're absolutely like the right person for the job for these X amount of reasons. And it, I feel like that would have filled the scene a little bit more. It maybe would have made her becoming the next Black Panther make more sense to people like me who thinks that it should be a different character. Um, but she was just kind of like, well, give it to me and we'll see how this goes. And I was like, ah, uh, that was kind of lame. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a valid point. Um, I, there's another um, death that we have to talk about in this yeah. movie. And this is where uh, Queen Ramonda dies, obviously, and it's a tragic death, like heartbreaking. She does it saving Riri Williams, who's drowning. Yeah. Um, and it is very sad. I think this is something that was going to be in the movie either way. Um, before Chadwick died. I think the fact that Chadwick passed, though, making another main character die, Mm -hmm. it just was a little... I honestly wish, because Chadwick had passed, they had just let Ramonda live in this one, and then maybe in in like a third movie had her pass away. Because I I do think this was going to be a big pivotal moment for T'Challa in this movie, but because T'Challa died, they needed to like do something else but she's he still wanted that queen ramonda death and it's a powerful death it's a very agonizing heartbreaking death but Mm -hmm. it's also like we had just finished the morning of chadwick and this whole movie is morning chadwick that it's like Mm -hmm. then it feels like we're not giving enough service to ramonda and angela bassett's character but then also it's like when we are mourning angela bassett's character it's like oh do we forget about t'challa and that's where it's kind of tough because it's like yeah angela bassett like ramonda loses t'challa thinks she loses shuri and then she's like i've lost my whole family but then shuri comes back but then she dies so now shuri's like i lost my whole family it just felt a little repetitive and i think that moment it's while powerful i do think we didn't necessarily need it It, maybe it could have been like one of those things where uh spoiler alert in the last jedi in star wars uh princess Uh, like no no, it's it's not it's not a big spoiler it's not a big spoiler um it's not a big spoiler someone's in a i'm not gonna say who it is i'm not i'm not gonna say who it is but someone is like essentially in like a little bit of a coma uh for a period of time okay and 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 they think she's gone but then she like wakes up um yeah like yeah kind of um it's it's not even an elongated coma it's it's um it's like literally like five minutes or whatever um actually no it's a little longer but anyway it it could have been that thing where ramona gets really hurt and she's like on life support or whatever and then when they get the heart-shaped herb that's when they're able to save ramona and then ramona says now you become the black panther that would have been a better choice i think like have Mm. the heart-shaped herb be what saves ramona and then ramona tells shuri you got to do it now because then it's like we don't have to mourn a whole other character because this film is already mourning so much and yes angela bassett's still alive but it's like it's kind of the the end game thing of Iron Man's death totally took away from Black Widow's. And I think that's mm. kind of this one too, where I think T'Challa's death was always going to be the priority to where now when Ramonda dies, it's not as big a thing. Or when it is a big thing, it takes away from T'Challa. Like, I don't I don't know. I didn't think we need this big character death on top of what we already got. I think it's emotional yeah. already enough. And Shuri would have been fine without that element. She would have still, I think, been in pain for her brother, regardless of whether her mom survived or not. So I didn't love the choice, despite it being still a very powerful scene. And she is just so good in that movie, Angela Bassett, that I was upset that we weren't going to get more of her. I was like, yeah, yeah she's so good. So, um, Yeah, Dill, um, I I agree with everything that you said. Um, yeah. I literally wrote 10 of my notes. I was like, that death meant nothing to me. <laughs> like, it, it was just like, it just felt so 
just like in a word, just like useless because I was just like, we didn't like, we already had like the death of a different character to kind of be like the driving force because, you know, like Marvel movies and, and Disney movies, they love to kill off parents um, because that's like, you know, that starts the, the main characters, you know, uh, redemption arc or, you know, revenge arc or, or whatever it may be, you know, it's the driving force for the third act of the movie. Um, but we didn't need that in this one. And maybe it, I feel like it would have been more rewarding if she was just injured. And like you said, like maybe just like yeah. unconscious for like a period a of time. Coma. Yeah. Like yeah put her in a coma. Yeah. Um, but you know, something where she, that she could come back from and mm -hmm. then, you and, know. and I said I said this when we were watching the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer before this, uh, before the movie started. I said, they got to be killing off Hank Pym at some point just because <laughs> these older actors are getting older. And when you're younger stars, like when, when Chadwick Boseman passes away, it's tragic and stuff. But like you also have stars that are approaching their 80s, 90s. Like they're getting older. And Angela Bassett's not quite there yet. But like Angela Bassett's mm -hmm. an older actor. So I get maybe they just wanted to be like, you know what? we're not going to like make you do all these movies. Like, like you're like, you've, you've done your part. Good. We're going to give you a send off, but I think there's also a way to send off a character without killing them. But also like, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to have to start thinking about that because as actors get older, you risk the chance of them sadly leaving us before their time in the franchises do. And I think that's the fault of franchise filmmaking in general is like, I mean, look at Harry Potter. They needed to make seven or eight movies, but, Richard Harris died two movies in and they're like, well, we got to just recast him at that point. You can, because Dumbledore is such a distinctive looking guy that like you can make him look different, but mm -hmm. or make him look kind of the same through even with different actors. But in this sense, it's like, you know, like I, I can see how maybe they're older actors. They want to kind of phase out to kind of just give them the opportunity to just kind of not be bogged down to a franchise for the rest of their career. And because they're getting older and you never know, but again, like it just didn't feel like the time and place for her to go. So let me ask you this then, Dill. Do you think that the movie would have been more successful had they just recast Black Panther? No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, no, no. no, no. I'm not, I don't mean to sound like accusatory. I'm no, just no, no, curious. No, I, don't, I disagree. No, no. I think okay. that they, this was the right move. And okay. what we'll see, though, we might still, we still have, I think the whole point of this movie was that we still have a Black Panther and we still have a T'Challa. And we'll talk about that. We don't have oh, T'Challa yeah. as the Black Panther. <laughs> so I think I, I think that was also the point is like, he's gone. And I think if they had recast him, that would have been really disrespectful. Because mm -hmm. in Harry Potter, like I said, like it's an older actor. And that series is already written. So we need that character. You can't rewrite the series right. to have Dumbledore die off screen yeah. in Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, Whereas, fair enough. So, and again, he has such a distinctive look. You could put the beard on him, whatever. I think this case, it's like he is the head of the franchise of the Black Panther movies. He is such a beloved actor and he died so young and so tragically. It's not like he was an old man that like, like Thunderbolt Ross, they're recasting William Hurt, which I don't love. They're recasting him to Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. love that. But it's also like he is old. So like if you're going to do that, do it with an older character like that, you know, you can pay legacy to like this. This it would have felt distasteful if they had just another up and coming young Hollywood black celebrity play T'Challa as we know him, I think that would have been awful. Um, but it's that still would have been better than CGI. And I'm glad they did neither of those things. Yeah. But as yeah. we see, we still have a T'Challa, and that is T'Challa's son, T'Challa. Um, and I really like oh, that. Right. I thought it was a very sweet moment. Nakia, we haven't sure. really talked much about because she kind of serves a similar purpose. She's about communication. And she, she very much feels more of a supporting role, which is fine. Um, we get a lot of great stuff with her 
as her character in the trauma stuff i think she's most successful in that not as much the action stuff but again like that's always been her thing is she's been more like low-key more peaceful tranquil um i liked how she wasn't wearing green when we first saw her because she couldn't i don't think she can move past his death and then as soon as she comes back to wakanda she's wearing green i was like haha that's a good choice nice um because we track yeah, that in the first yeah. movie but at the end um you know, we find out that she and T'Challa had a kid, but they kept him separate from Wakanda because he didn't want him roped up in all this Wakanda and stuff. And they had their own private ceremony to say farewell to him. And then he reveals that his name is T'Challa. And I think that's sweet because then it's like, mm-hmm. you can still have a T'Challa as like a mm-hmm. remembrance of him, but it doesn't have to be the T'Challa we knew. We could still pay respect and grieve him while also accepting this new T'Challa and now accepting a new Black Panther with Shuri. So we have a new Black Panther, we have a new T'Challa, but that doesn't take away from the old. We're not recasting. We're simply just moving forward and through legacy having this new character. But um, what did right. you think of this this mid credit scene? Um, I, I agree. I thought it was sweet. Um, I thought that it was like a nice way to, you know, have Shuri kind of have, like still keep a connection between her and her brother because it's like oh my god now now i have a nephew and it's like this will be my way of still kind of you know having Mm -hmm. like a resemblance of my brother around which was great um at the same time i kind of just went cool uh what what does this mean now like this is a kid like are we gonna you know 20 movies later this kid's gonna be old enough to like take on the mantle of being black panther like i was like i don't don't think that's what i don't get it trying to do though i I think (laughs) this movie was to show that t'challa doesn't need to be the black panther the black panther could be anyone and and that's i think the thing is i think he's just going to be a kid like i don't think he needs to grow up to be a hero unless they do go that route but then it's like then we're gonna have to do a major time jump and they're gonna have to put old age makeup on winston duke and leticia wright and (laughs) lupita nyong'o like i don't think they're gonna do that Um, all right so I, I think he'll still remain a kid for at least the time being, for at least the next few phases. Um, but I, I do like how they're kind of, again, if we're looking at an overall theme of phase four, I mean, Wanda and her kids, Thor and his kid. Now we have a kid for T'Challa. Like It's like everyone's kind of getting a kid. Morgan Stark is now a kid. Uh, we're going to see Cassie Lang is going to be a big part of Quantum Mania. Like yes. I, I like how they're kind of passing it to this next generation. You know, Yelena yeah. kind of taking over for her sister and Kate Bishop being the next Hawkeye. Like, I really like how they're kind of showing us this next generation of heroes, even if it takes a while for them to become the superhero team. Like, I, th- I think Young Avengers is coming. I think it's inevitable. Mm. But, like, um, I-, I think this is a cool start. And I don't necessarily think this T'Challa will be part of it, but it's just cool to see that, like, as just a little wink of, like, his legacy still goes on and moves on. Um, but it was kind of sad. It, it, that was actually, the ending is where I actually did tear up because I was, like, finally getting that emotion um, yeah, I was like, another man, moment in silence mm-hmm. still where mm-hmm. Shuri's just sitting on the beach and she's just contemplating everything that happened and we're getting flashbacks of her and Chadwick together. I was like, oh, this is so crushing. This is mm-hmm. absolutely so heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this, <laughs> this really hits. Yeah. So uh, another question I have, what do you think the future now is for like the Namor stuff? Cause they kind of tease it to where he's like um, kind of a changed guy. He's, he's now willing to work with the Wakandans. So we think we're going to see more of him or do you think this is like kind of a one-off? Cause he does kind of have the, um, the growth of like, they kind of come to an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end they give him like a nice little scene. Like, I feel like this, this movie had too many endings. Like they kind of kept tacking sure. the endings to the ending. Yeah. Um, but like, where do you think now 
with Namor? Like, where do you think they go from here? Do you think we see more of him? Do you like him enough to see more of him? Like, what do you think of his overall story? Any spoiler talk with that? I like him a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the actor's performance of this role. I liked um like the, the style and the aesthetics of his character and i really like you know the things that he stood for and and you know i i can see where you know where he's coming from this entire movie i could see honestly a situation deal where it's like the you know the hondans get in trouble with something and then they have to like turn for him for help you know what kind i mean like the mbaku thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so well, I guess we've kind of already seen that storyline then, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I? But, but it's different. I, I just want to say one thing about M'Baku while we're on it. Oh, yeah, the sure. End, the, Me too. Love M'Baku, but the ending where he's like, I would like to challenge. I'm like, that's a fun little like throwback. But also, like, I talked to you after the theater about this. Yeah, you like, were like, challenge like, who? Challenge who? Like, he just literally said the queen sends her regards. She's off doing stuff. She was off meeting her son, but I was or her nephew. But I was like it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why are you coming sure. in to challenge it? Like, unless in, in that case, if it's a joke, he should be like, and I'm coming to challenge. And he'd be like, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Like that would have been fine. But then he's just like, I'm here to challenge. And then it's like, cut and, to it, like, and I'm like, so is he now back to like, I want to get the throne or evil in Baku. Is he back? Or is he just to- messing around, toying around? Like, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, that was a stupid scene. They didn't need that. Yeah. Um, I understand. They, they just didn't need that whole ending where, where they just could have cut right to Shuri going to, uh, Haiti, they didn't need, you know, this whole plane coming in, and then Wimbaku stepping out and be like, the queen is not coming, she sends her regards, but I would like to challenge for the throne. I'm like, okay, um, what? Uh, that scene just seemed random. It was just kind of like, oh, let's tack on another ending. Um, it didn't sure. need to be there, even though I think Mbaku had some good stuff in this. I, I think we got a lot of him as, like, more of a ruler, which was kind of cool to kind of see him, like, spearheading this conversation. I liked how when the yeah. whole throne room was destroyed, they kind of went to his his uh, icy throne room to kind of be like the meeting place uh, with yeah. the guy with the lip that I still don't like. Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of cool. But again, like that last scene was was weird. Um, what else do you have to say, Kels? Um, I was just gonna say, Jill. Um, I know you hate when I do this, but whenever Shuri and Baku had a scene together, I was like, I'm picking up on some vibes. Okay, so here's what I got to say. I was getting that vibe with someone else. When, okay, this is where I thought I was going. Okay, go ahead. When Shuri, when Namor took Shuri underwater, I was getting some mad, like... You were getting chemistry from Namor Namor and Shuri? Shuri? Because he was, like, putting the the beads on, giving her the bracelet. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'm wondering if they didn't have the Chadwick Boseman stuff to deal with, if they were going to go full-fledged, like, maybe she's going to here's what i imagine the original version might have been she gets okay. taken she gets taken okoye is blamed or whatever chadwick or, or t'challa has to go and try to save shuri with maybe with nikia or whatever and then um nikia uh, shuri ends up like kind of going to the dark side she kind of like falls in love with namor and they start like this this kind of uprising mm. against them and t'challa has to kind of bring shuri back um, and that's where you get Ramonda's death and all that stuff. And that's when, you know, Shuri kind of comes to her senses and has to battle Namor and stuff. Like, I honestly thought it would have been cooler to have, like, Shuri kind of fully go to the dark side and then kind of turn. But I get with the Ch- sure. Chadwick Boseman stuff, you couldn't really go that route because then it would have yeah. been a little too much. And just there's only so much story to tell in three hours. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I was picking up on some vibes with Namor and Shuri. Um, but then again, it's like, does she need a man? 
who knows who's to say um Listen, i definitely wasn't when picking I... Up M'Baku, but i was picking up because mbaku still feels more brotherly to her but hey maybe I don't, I don't know i thought that it was sweet that he was like looking out for her um mm. Listen, when I say things like this, it's not because I feel like they need to be together. I'm just no. saying, you know, you want... superheroes deserve a, some happiness, too. Well, that's the thing is we barely see superheroes in those relationships recently. Like, I, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of that. Um, we got some in Eternals, but. Um, right. Like we had like... some relationship conversations with uh, Jennifer Walters with She-Hulk. Well, true. Yeah. yeah he has a very like... active dating life and I'm very yeah. happy for her. Yeah, but I just feel like these people who are such big like heroes and celebrities, like I feel like all of them would would be pretty, you know, well set. Like have a lot of people like fawning over them. Like oh yeah, you know, I feel like it'd be easy to find a pair. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so let us know in the comments. You ship Shuri and Namor or Shuri and Mbaku? Let us know. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think that was that was interesting. We got to talk about Martin Freeman now in spoilers, though, because we we obviously find out that he's oh gonna, right, he's working alongside Valentina. I was completely Julia about this. Didn't didn't expect to see her in this movie. No, didn't like, at all. And, and honestly, we didn't need her. <laughs> I really do think just their their relationship. And then they dropped the whole like news of like oh we used to be married, which was yes. totally out of nowhere. And they but the problem is they never follow up on that. And like, if this movie was all about or, them, that's like, for future projects still. Like, but that's the thing is like, do I want to see a teaser? Then put it in a future project. Like, no, I know. Like, I and they should have had at least one conversation about why their marriage failed, and then maybe one about like, but you're a good guy. Like, I have respect for you all that. Like, it was just so weird because it was like she was like sticking up for him. She was like, no, he's the expert, but also like, but we yeah. used to be married. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like. I don't know. It's like they didn't go anywhere with their story, and like sure. at that point, just cut it. Like, or make it a post credits. <laughs> no, I guess not. Not a post credits for here because it's like I don't think any post credits would have really like fit the vibe of this movie. But like, make it like maybe an ending scene wherever Ross calls someone, and it's like, and it's Julie Louis Dreyfus, and she's like, we got to talk a lot. And she's like, we haven't talked since our divorce or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, it just was weird that like they showed it early on. They revealed that information and they didn't really follow up on anything like they didn't have an arc uh with the two of them and then she just kind of disappears and that's it you know like it was weird yeah um didn't think we needed her or them even though i like them both individually as actors i like their characters but i did not need them together especially because she didn't end up recruiting anyone either which is her whole thing she's recruiting essentially the thunderbolts what it seems like um right. john walker and yelena and you know like it just did not make sense yeah yeah, yeah i didn't really get from everything that we've seen her in before which is really just the end credit scene of black widow and falcon winter soldier i didn't get that she like worked for the cia the same way everett ross does yeah, i thought she was her own little entity, i thought that like she was just like she just went sure. rogue and like did whatever she wanted mm. she worked for like her own agency yeah, but, I, I think I think that's one of those things also where like she probably would have had a bigger effect had they not lost Chadwick and they needed to like just go with the original story. Maybe she would have had a bigger effect. But I think that's the thing is like they had to tell this important story, which they should have. Like I said earlier, this should have been the priority. But in that case, then let this plot side block go. Find a way to get Martin Freeman to Wakanda or whatever. Have him working alongside Riri Williams or something in building the tech or whatever. Like, like give him something else or cut him all together and have him in a future movie because they didn't need him. They really didn't. I get it. We like his character, but it's like they he his storyline, it's probably 20 minutes of screen time that took away from the rest and would have made, I think, the movie flow a lot better. Um, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I know you disagree, but it's okay. Um, 
yeah, I know it's it's tough. It's you know, I like bag. it's it's hard to be critical <laughs> of a film that that exists for other reasons than simply to entertain and be a superhero movie. Like this is a tough task, like I said, for Ryan Coogler to do this and make it a fitting tribute. But I think, like I said, what he does with the tribute is good, um, and is the best part of the movie. It's just some of the other le- threads, like you know, the Akoya getting a suit and, you know, uh, just having Ironheart in general and, and the Julia Louis-Dreyfus, it seems like they're still trying so hard to, like, continue on the franchise. And I'm like, just let it be its own movie. And especially as the end of Phase 4, I'm like, just let it be its own, like, final thing. Um, yeah. But I get it. I get it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of all the spoiler thoughts We really I ended Phase 4 on, like, a somber note. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really bittersweet because it's like, you know what? I... I, my friend texted me and was like, hey, did you see Black Panther? What did you think? And I was like, you know, at the end of the day, it was really sad because I feel like now his death is really final. And I know it's been really final for, like, obviously, like, his loved ones and people who are close to him. But just, like, as a fan of this franchise, like, now it's like there's really – it was like we got what if and then we were all looking forward to this. And, like, now that that's it for him. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's and now and now we're gonna have it be like it's tough. like you said, it's now permanent in the MCU. So where now mm-hmm. I think other characters are probably gonna comment on it. I'd love to see in like the next like Avengers movie if like there's a moment where they just all kind of sit around and remember Tony and Natasha and T'Challa. Like I think sure, cool. yeah. Just because like I like the other characters' relationships with him too. Um, so there we go. Any final final thoughts? I mean, we're done with spoilers, that's our review. Um, we can talk about the Ant-Man trailer, which we still haven't talked about on here, but honestly, I, I kind of don't remember a lot of it. Just remembering that Kang looks kind of cool. It looks a little too visually busy. There looks like a little too much CGI and I'm excited for it. <laughs> and I don't like Dill, uh, <laughs> We haven't seen this movie yet. You already have complaints. <laughs> no, just cause like it's, it's all like quantum realm CGI. Yeah, like, I know okay, it's so all it's in the quantum be, realm. It, it, it looks like a video game a little bit, but it's okay. Maybe? Like it still looks cool, but I don't know. Sure. Are you excited well, for it? Any thoughts on it? I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, I feel I can't help, but like, this is, this is so weird. And like, no one else is going to think of it, think of this except for me, but I just can't help but feel sorry for the young actor who is cast as Cassie in Endgame and how she's like, not like that. I feel bad Listen, for her. I love Catherine Newton. She's amazing. Like, yeah. Literally yeah. everything she does, big little lies and, uh, Detective Pikachu, she's great in, but Freaky, a really awesome body swap horror movie. Yeah. But come on, like this girl had a gig and like it took yeah. it away. And I get if like she just isn't that great of an actress, but then don't cast her anyway, you know? Uh, but she was a good yeah. actress. She had that moment with Scott in Endgame. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. that's really a nice moment. So I was like, and I that think sucks. that that actor looked more like, the you know, Cassie. Judy Greer and, and Paul Rudd then. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and also Catherine the young, was. the young cat. Uh, Cassie, mm. and now we have Catherine Newton. Yeah, so we'll I, was, I was a little um, disappointed to hear about this recast. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's gonna be the the big kickoff to Phase Five. I can't believe we're done with Phase Four in two weeks. Um, but in two weeks we will be getting a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which we'll talk about. Um, but between now and then, we need an episode for next week. Hmm. Mm. I think it's time. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Why don't we eat some food, Kels? <laughs> hey, I like where your head's at, Dill. I we love this idea. To, and, and we know we have some sound sensitive people. I know that have listened, especially with our wings episode of like the whole like talking and chewing thing. It's a real thing. My sister has misphonia. That's kind of like the thing where like like crunching and, and slurping noises get get it to you. And I, I get it. Uh, don't do it now. Don't do it now for our viewers. Don't don't do it now. 
don't do it don't do it it's an actual like thing it's an actual medical disease but um (laughs) no like that's a thing for people so we're going to be mindful of that uh we're not going to use a microphone because we don't want to be like asmring eating into the mic what we're going to be doing is we're going to be preparing some dishes sorry stop it Sorry. that's disrespectful um no but like we're gonna be uh like trying different types of foods in the from the mcu we're gonna be eating some shawarma we're gonna be eating mm. a, a cheeseburger from or i'm gonna be eating a cheeseburger from burger king just to, to uh monument iron man iron man 2 or iron man i forget which one um, iron man. it's the first, first one movie. yep uh we'll be eating or endgame with the yeah, we'll, we'll be eating a lot of other uh eccentric dishes including the dish that i can't remember the name of that vision was making in civil war we're gonna be making pepper that cash too pepper cash and we are also going to be eating the long-awaited ice cream pizza from miss marvel that i cannot wait for Ew. we're going to be putting ice cream on pizza vanilla on tomato it's going to be disgusting but we're looking forward to it and uh we will like i said be mindful um not to be chewing and eating too much while talking um to help you viewers out there we're, i'm going to edit it so it's like more of a cut episode rather than just a full f- range open podcast it's going to be a little bit shorter a little bit more fun and playful as a fun yeah. little thanksgiving treat to say let's taste the mcu like eating through the mcu is kind of eating gonna, through kind of the, the mcu i love it kind of gross but it's like pac-man up, 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 up. mcu um eating through yeah. the mcu but we'll be doing that next week and then the week after we will have a review for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special and then december rolls around which means we're going to be doing some uh end of year wrap up of like you know maybe ranking the phase four movies and shows we've seen also maybe talk doing an update of villains ranking with the villains we've gotten um and then of course <laughs> a title match is going to be coming we had 10 episodes of our regular season and now our big season finale will be coming in december where kelsey will be taking on noah we don't have any more matches until then this is it like this is the the, the match we're, we're not having november matches because we want this to be a pure study month an off month and because we have a lot of thank you Jill, i appreciate that um and so we are constantly cranking out uh questions zach and i trying to shape up that match for you and noah um <laughs> and and we're, we're doing a collaboration process we're throwing it back and forth because we want to make sure it's even well-rounded um but also tricky because it is a number uh, it is a title match um and then in january we'll be we'll go on a little bit of a hiatus after uh that title match and uh, go on a little hiatus just give us some some weeks off in the christmas and january break also because i'm busy performing um and then early january mid-january we'll be back with a uh, our inaugural first episode of uh our second season of marvel trivia our third season of marvel's movie mondays um where zach will be taking on i believe uh jd and the winner of that will be playing the winner of malcolm and stacy for a shot at kelsey it's, it's going to be a big long thing but um Mal- uh, zach and jd will be the opener of season two of trivia season three of the show um in january so um anything else i'm forgetting Kels? did that make sense uh yeah cool you looked a little confused but i i think it's because we'll talk off off air <laughs> okay um yeah so we I, I i wanted to start off the year with the title match but i was like if we're going to end december on a title match i don't want you to do back-to-back months of title matches so the next title match will probably be like march april after that uh if you win <laughs> if noah wins it will also be like march april uh, i shouldn't just say it as if it's going to be you could necessarily see? i could be anyone um but who yeah, could so say? January, january we're going to start with jd and zach we already teased that in the last episode um mm-hmm else i'm forgetting no i don't think so uh kelsey where can they find you you can find me on instagram at kelsey a kilpatrick you could follow me on tiktok cause 13 or you could subscribe to my youtube 
uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, I almost said find- subscribe to my YouTube video. <laughs> okay. Um, do that too. Uh, you can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo on Twitter, Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok, and Dylan Pickle Movie Network, where you can find this show and so many other great shows this month uh, on Picture This. We are doing the year 2009 in. Um, celebration of the new avatar movie we are going to be talking about the original avatar and all the nominees for best picture that year including up and other movies <laughs> and then um on frame Rec, we're going to be talking about mac and me which is the uh ripoff of et uh the childhood <laughs> favorite of mine which I, I do not know if i'm going to like it as much on a rewatch all these years later we'll see and uh what else what other shows recipe for reality we're in full survivor mode survivor is still plowing along uh, it's been a great season so far and yep and we'll be eating food here next week so that nice. is all from me that's all from Kels. we'll see you next time